Welcome to the Commodity Culture Podcast, where we interview prominent investors in the commodity space to give you the inside scoop on the emerging commodity super cycle. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Commodity Culture, where we break down the commodity space for both new and experienced investors. Before we get started, standard disclaimer, none of this is investing advice. Do your own due diligence. And today we have a returning guest to the program, the Economic Ninja. So happy to have you back on the show. Jesse, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I want to get started with this interview about what you see out there in the markets and in the economy when it comes to either the United States or the world that has you concerned. What are you looking at right now that that, that has the ninja worried? Well, two things. Uh, really, it's the complacency that we're on the verge of an epic collapse, quite frankly. I believe we just passed the eye of the uh, hurricane, and I believe we're now about to that dead cat bounce that I was calling for back in uh, April and May. We're going to have a rise in the equity markets. That happened. Uh, now, I believe we're going to start seeing the downturn and very well-known uh, economists are calling for big downturns in the S&P and Dow Jones, things like that. And the way America goes right now, the world goes. The second thing I see that's very serious is there are about to be a plunge. There's about to be a plunge. Not only it's happening in home sales in America, but there will translate to home prices. And I believe that so many people on the sidelines have been waiting desperately to get into the housing market are about to dive in and not understand that they're not at a bottom, that housing doesn't always go up. Over the long term, it does because of destruction of the purchasing power of your currency. But I believe they're going to get caught and over leveraged, even though they think they're getting a deal. Well, conversely, let's look at the flip side of that. Is there anything out there you see in the markets, in the economy, in the world in general that has you excited, that has you optimistic right now? Yeah, so it actually is the exact same thing. You know, as a housing market's falling, everything falls, right? Because housing is how all of the world measures their wealth. Uh, even though not everybody owns a home, a vast majority of the people do, and that's where their wealth is tied up. So they have a wealth effect. Well, when that gets turned on the opposite direction, 180 degrees, now people feel poor or they need to be frugal. So now all of a sudden there's all these amazing deals, not only in real estate, but it sounds funny. I did a video at Home Depot the other day where I was filming literally 50 Traeger grills and 50 uh, toolboxes that are outside in the weather because the ships from China got offloaded and they don't have buyers for them. And I said, well, you know, when companies have excess inventory, especially the inventory, it's about to get rained on when it gets cold. They're going to liquidate at amazing prices. And it sounds funny, but I used to do retail arbitrage as a, as a side hustle. And I would buy things super cheap, put them on uh, Craigslist and find a buyer that didn't find them on sale at Home Depot. So it sounds funny. It's We're, we're going to make amazing opportunities happen, but it's going to be in the small sectors first, that like retail arbitrage. But then that money you make, you'll be able to do the big stuff like the real estate market as it collapses. Yes, where there's crisis, there is opportunity. I believe that's the, the Chinese saying. So last time we had you on, we were discussing the silver market. And I want to get your view on that right now, because silver continues to underperform a lot of people's expectations. We have another criminal case where former JP Morgan employees were found guilty of manipulating the precious metals market. Will gold and silver ever get their day in the sun? Will the, will the true price discovery ever happen? Or will this manipulation just continue? 
Okay, for sure, the answer to will it get seen in the sun? Absolutely, it will. The problem is we have to step back and look at, um, so what prices are we looking at? You know, back in 1999, I don't remember the, the spot price of silver, but it was uh, around or a little bit lower than it is today, all right? So on a percentage basis, if you would have bought back then, you're in the green. But when you look at premiums, those are absolutely shocking. I actually just an hour ago before I came on with you was talking to uh, someone and they said, hey, I want to buy some Silver Eagles. And I said, when was the last time you bought? And they said, well, it's been about three years. I'm like, okay, you remember when they used to cost about four bucks, three bucks, four bucks over spot? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, add $10 to that. And their eyes got huge. And I said, and actually, it's not just yesterday this happened. It's been going on for about a year and a half because what's happening is demand cannot keep up with supply. The mint physically cannot keep up with supply. So premiums have exploded. So it's all about how you look at your investments. If I went to go sell my Silver Eagles right now, I could literally sell them to a large institution or a large buyer like Atmex for six bucks over spot. Why? It's because they're a primary buyer from the mint. They can't get them from the mint, but they got tons of buyers lining up at 10, 12, 13 bucks over spot. So you have to look at, you know, how are you looking at this? Most people look at spot. And like you said, JP Morgan traders getting hit for manipulating markets. They're going to continue to do that. I look at it as a gift because we are soaking up metals all around the world right now physical, taking them into our possession and we're not selling them. And that is what's exciting to me. That is proven by premiums going up. If that was not true, the company selling Eagles for 12, 13 bucks over spot would go out of business because they wouldn't sell. So that is the proof that we are not in an underperforming market in silver. We're actually doing something better. And we are dividing the paper markets from the physical markets right now. And that is what gets me excited. So I want to talk about the energy crisis that's currently emerging, particularly in Europe where I'm located. Natural gas prices have gone completely insane over a short time frame, particularly in places like France and in Germany. Um, Germany's trying to phase out nuclear. Russia's getting sanctioned. Less gas is flowing through the Nord Stream pipelines. I mean, it, it's a perfect storm of, of issues happening right now. So could you give us your view on the energy crisis? And do you think this presents an opportunity in commodities like, you know, oil and gas and uranium? Oh, tons. So let's just let's step back to Germany for a second, because they're not the brightest bulbs in the box. And I'm going to be honest with you. I got lots of amazing subscribers from Germany and I love them. But I'm going to be honest with you. There's just a certain percentage of people, human beings worldwide that think outside of the box. And that's about three percent of the world. Germany has always been a failure when it comes to monetary policy, not, not even talking about uh, Weimar Republic, right? But let's just talk about 2005. 2005, Germany was actually about to enter a recession and it was taking Europe down with it. And it actually trickled into American markets, which actually hurt our mortgage-backed securities market. Most people don't remember that. Germany restructured, restructured a lot of its debt. And then by 2010, 2012, when the Eurozone was a complete basket case with Germany's, I mean, uh, Greece, Cyprus, and other countries having issues, Germany all of a sudden was like, we're not going to finance your problems. We're going to do this. And everyone forgot what happened literally merely eight years ago because people have are just total dementia when it comes to economic policy. So Germany just recently said, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to authorize Nord 2, Nord Stream 2. <laughs> that was brilliant, Germany. Good going. You plunge your country into hyperinflation when it comes to uh, energy. And what's crazy is this is just the beginning. Now to say, 
Will this bring uh, opportunities in silver and copper and uranium? Absolutely. Why? Because the cure for high prices is high prices. I laugh when I hear some knucklehead from Germany, you know, look at me, I went to a big college and we're going to get rid of nuclear. Well, okay, idiots. Nuclear power is the cleanest power there is. And the reason why is because the amount of waste compared to how much energy it produces. I personally worked at a nuclear power plant. I've worked with the uh, spent rods. I've worked with the new rods. I've been in the uh, reactors. I know how this works. And it is not a lot of waste in comparison to how much energy. And it's so cheap, way cheaper than solar. But the point being is that it's going to force a commodities bull run. Why? Because as people start to rebel, which they are in, uh, in Europe and in other countries about these high prices, industries like power industries are going to go, we're going to scramble for the cheapest power possible so we can lower these prices for people just so they can pay our bills or their bills. So yes, to say that there is opportunity in, is an understatement. But the problem is it comes back to your perception and how long you expect your investment to either go up or go down. And, and that's the thing. Most people are thinking just like a couple months, three months, maybe a year, a bull run, when you're talking about people like Eric Sprott, Rick Rule, things like that, they don't invest for you know six months out to a year. They're thinking decade, multi-decade wealth opportunities. Yeah, that's a great point on time horizon, especially these days with the advent of social media. So many people are so focused on day-to-day price movements. They're they're trying to look at how to make a quick profit. And most people with that mindset gets get burned. So yeah, I totally agree. A decade plus is a great time horizon to have right now when it comes to the energy sector. Now, I know a lot of your YouTube content is about helping people be prepared for the crazy world we live in today. And we're seeing a lot of former so-called democratic governments turning authoritarian. Inflation is raging. A potential recession is on the horizon, or maybe we're already in one. Social unrest is breaking out across the world. What would your be what would your advice be to an individual in terms of how to fortify themselves and their family against threats to both their wealth and their personal freedoms in times like these? Well, first off, I want to say a government can only tax its people to the point of revolt. And that is actually happening all around the world. So that's great. We're seeing the signs and people are are standing up for their rights and their right to have a good, healthy lifestyle. Here's the problem. Most people, if they would have just simply had a savings account, they would have that healthy lifestyle. They would have options in life. They would have time. If anyone says time doesn't make you happy uh, or money doesn't make you happy, they just don't know. They haven't had it yet. I'm going to be honest with you. When you have money and you don't like doing a certain thing in your life, you have the power to stop doing it because you don't have to worry about paying your bills, right? So the first thing I tell people is to have a savings account, have dry powder on the side. And if an opportunity comes out like Bitcoin's crashing to 10 grand, which I believe it's going to, um, it's not means I haven't sold my Bitcoin. Am I ready to buy more? Yes, I have cash in my brokerage accounts ready to go. I want to be lined up on that blockchain first buy order when it does it, right? But the thing is, too, I don't go diving all into that. So not only do you need to have cash and dry powder on the side, you need to know that when you get super excited uh, because something crashed, you want to buy it. That's actually the greed portion of your mind taking over. You want to take balanced, logical steps to investing. But not only that, you want to be diversified, right? Well, how do you do that? So another way right now, I keep telling people, buy food. If you don't have a year's worth of emergency food, whether it be in, you know, freeze dried in buckets, right? Or it beans and rice, right? And some hot sauce and spices. Let's be smart. We want to enjoy our beans and rice. 
you are going to lose out. And the reason why, because there's a point where you're going to be able to sit back when you have transitory hyperinflation going around all over the world and it's going to hit food and energy. Those are the two things. Why? Because you can't live without it. So we know it's going to hit hyperinflation status. Well, I mean, literally in the US, we saw steel and lumber hyperinflate a year and a half ago, right? We've seen this. It's transitory. All right. Unlike inflation, which is, it's going to be here for a while. My point being is that you have a clear mind and you just sit back and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to buy the ribeye steak tonight. We'll have our nice beans and rice. We'll chill. And then I've got a clear mind. I still have uh, food in my belly. I'm not stressed over feeding my family. And now I'm not expending cash to buy ribeye steaks at an outrageously high price. I can sit back and go, now, where are the opportunities? Where those opportunities are down the street from your neighbors that are liquidating all their toys because all they see is right now in front of them, like everything's crashing. I can't feed my family. Who cares about this boat? This exact same scenario happened to me in 2009 when I was buying up all these construction companies' heavy equipment because they didn't have any work and they thought it would last forever because of normalcy bias. So I was buying out construction equipment and I was literally selling it to people that were smart with their money. And all I would have to do, I'd get it at a smoking cheap price. I would just have to sell it lower than the guy next to me and I'd sell it down the street. Point being is there's opportunities, but not unless you have savings. Yeah, I love that comment about having savings in the bank. That's actually what allowed me to leave Canada when things got crazy, when Justin Trudeau got reelected and ran his campaign of, of punishing anybody who wouldn't take an experimental injection. That actually gave me the freedom to be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here now. You know what I mean? Your story is actually quite amazing because when I got to know you after our first interview, you told me that story. And I go, there's nobody your age I know of that has that ability to do that. And your life is changing rapidly right now where you said, this is what I want to do in my life. And now I'm going, well, wait, if I do this, I will not only... I will be able to help myself, my family, generations to come because of wealth, because I see an opportunity most people don't, but you are able to take advantage of this because you have that savings. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I want to take a look at the, the broader view of financial markets today because it's tough for investors to have much confidence. You know, I believe there's been a lot of you know overvalued stocks in the tech sector and some other sectors. Um, that have gotten out of control. These companies had so few earnings compared to what they were they were selling for. PE ratios were just insane. And now I think we're going to see more of a shift towards the commodity sector, towards real assets in the coming decade and perhaps beyond. Do you agree with that sentiment? And how do you see the commodities market developing in the years ahead? I fully agree with it. In uh, 1982, I believe it was, we saw mining stocks explode. Now, I wasn't invested in mining stocks. I was like in fifth grade. But my point being is that we saw mining stocks explode. Some went from $2 literally to $200 because the precious metals or whatever commodity tied to it was blowing up, right? So the mining stock shares blow up exponentially. And I tell people, be careful because we're about to witness probably in the next three months uh, what happened to... uh, the mining industry in 2008. And the reason why is because of paper, gold and silver sold off, right? Uh, Because the stock market was selling off. We saw that exact same thing happen three months ago. So what happens to the mining shares? They get crushed. But I say, if you find positions you want, nibble at it, take a little bit, get to know the team, get to know the company, watch them. Because you never, ever watch a company seriously unless you have a little skin in the game. So again, a little skin in the game, and then you get ready to pounce. And that's what's happening right now. The mining industry is getting slammed, hit hard, and none of them want to hear from the ninja saying, yeah, it's going to get worse. 
like get ready to buy back your own shares. And they can't even like fathom that kind of stuff. I'm like, well, you'll see what I mean. There's some big money sitting on the side waiting for this to happen because they're going to move in not only to physical, but they're also going to be moving into these mining stocks. And it will whip back like it did in 2008 super fast. Silver and gold bottoms around six weeks after Lehman Brothers closed its doors. The stock market continued to fall for what, seven, eight months while gold and silver went on a multi-year tirade. This one will be bigger. It's just when does it happen? Man, who knows? So I want to touch on the potential food crisis that we also see emerging. We've got an energy crisis. We've got a food crisis. The two are very connected. I had your friend Jack Gamble from Nobody Special Finance on recently, and he stated correctly that the people who suffer the most in a food shortage are those who are lowest on the economic ladder. And we're already seeing riots break out in places like Sri Lanka, Sierra Leone, Peru, and more over this problem, inflation leading to an unaffordable basic cost of living. They can't get fuel, they can't get food. How do you see this whole situation playing out? And do you think that that sort of dire situation could eventually spread to to places like the United States or Canada? So it absolutely will spread. And I will tell you this, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This is going to be very scary, very fast. And the reason why, if you are on the lower rungs of the social economic you know, level of this world, everyone can afford the food you can't afford. If you can afford only cheap food, bologna, spam, um, uh, white bread, anything the cheapest, that means the rich people can afford it too. And the middle class can afford it too. And so at any point, if they want it, they're going to go get that. And we see that throughout history when hyperinflation happens in food, it's always the cheapest food that's sold. And then the highest cuts of beef. I actually just did a story. It's about to hit my YouTube channel in about 25 minutes after we're done. Um, the highest cuts of beef right now are dropping in price. And to give you an idea, uh, ribeyes are down 10% and briskets down 20%. Why? Well, because you got to buy so much and it costs so much per pound. So the thing is, is that uh, who gets hit hard and just think logically are the poorest class. Now, how is it going to spread? This is how. If we see famine in a developed country and we're doing good in America and they need food because they can't water their crops, they can't fertilize their crops because of geopolitical threats, what are they going to do? They don't care. They're going to go buy it. And then what happens to companies like Nabisco when they go, hey, we're having a wheat shortage? Okay, well, we're going to go get it. We're going to go buy the futures on the futures exchange, and then we're going to call for delivery. We don't care what it costs because we're Nabisco, and we are not going to go out of business and not sell you wheat thins because of the cost of wheat. We don't care. So it it's it's this self-fulfilling prophecy. Like These uh, buys keep happening, and then the craziness, the mania keeps happening. And it what it will do is it can actually float around to other countries because other countries will go, we don't care what the price is we just need to feed our fam- our our people. And so will these big conglomerates like Nabisco and these other food companies go, well, no, we're only going to sell to America. No, we're going to sell to the highest bidder because that's capitalism and that's how it works. So I don't care if you disagree with it. You need to understand how the world works. And then when you realize that, you go, you know what? I'll pick up a little extra and not don't go for just the stupid stuff. Like just think logically, like I always eat this one kind of food and it's in a can and it's good for two years. I'll buy an extra one, like some spaghetti sauce and I'll just set it aside or some green beans, you know, things like that. I want to get your opinion on central bank digital currencies. Hate them. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Are these things actually going to get rolled out? Because I I just see so much. I, I see there's definitely a level of friction going from the currency system we're now using to that. But on the other hand, I also see governments coming out and saying, hey, everybody gets $1,000 for free. 
just yes. sign up for the new digital wallet. How do you see that all playing out? And is this a very real threat? Well, this is extremely real. And so, and just, you know, we have very little time that we could talk about uh, this topic on these platforms before we're banned. All right. Um, so how real is this? In 2017, I got a hold of a white paper. It came out of Yale on the CBDC. All right. This was written and it was one of those shots across the bow that it's coming. And what they did, and I saw some Federal Reserve documents that came out back in 2015, I believe it was, where they said that as we roll this out, we have to realize that we can't just roll it out normally. We have to wait for a crisis because surely nobody, no American citizen will accept us taking cash away and rolling out a dollar unless there's a crisis, right? You never let a good crisis go to waste. You see Biden and all these other people saying, you know, we're looking into it. We're thinking about it. Bull crap. In 2017, the CBDC that was authorized to be to replace the, the fiat digital dollar was actually running bank to bank interbank transfers. All right. It has been up functional and running. If you go to uh, fednow.gov, I believe it is. I went and did a video like six months ago. They said we are rolling it out by the second quarter of 2023. That means they know that a crisis is coming. Well, they don't have to. Uh, keep it a secret because you have very uh, smart fund managers saying, I believe you're going to see an 80% cut in the S&P when this whole thing's over. And we believe it's actually coming in 2022, maybe 2023. The only reason they say 23 is because they want to be right. And they know if they push that date out longer, it's going to happen. I honestly believe that you're going to see the beginnings. All right. It it doesn't all fall in one day. You're going to see the beginnings of this next leg down, which is the big one, the mama happening literally within the next 30 days. You're going to see a shock hit the market. It'll probably happen by or on uh, September 24th, a very, very key date in uh, not only Bible history, but financial history. Um, You could literally set your clock to these things. And we're going to start to see this uh, house of cards come down. So the question is, like you said, are they going to take it? The answer is yes. Why? And I'm not talking a thousand bucks. I believe you're going to see at minimum $10,000 in the initial deposit of everybody's CBDC account. All they're going to say is, okay, and they've already built the narrative. Remember during the, the stimulus checks, we can't simply get the money to you guys fast enough. We're having all these logistics. Well, they're going to say, okay, remember two years ago, we still have those same problems. Now, just online, onboard this new app through the Play Store. You're going to put in your social security number, your name, all that stuff, unless you don't have a social security number because you're in our country illegally, but it doesn't matter anymore. Just put it in and guess what? $10,000 will be put in your account. But here's the other thing that they put in those documents. They're going to fire off your dopamine receptors and they're going to gamify it. And they're going to say, but you have to spend the 10 grand in the next 30 days or you lose it. Why? Because it's your duty to uphold to bring the economy back to normal. Go out to eat, go buy a big screen TV, buy a Louis Vuitton bag because they're complete garbage. Sorry, oh, my, I'm on my, uh, my. you see I'm getting, Ninja's getting fired up. But the thing is they'll fire off your dopamine receptors and then all of a sudden what'll happen is like, you know what, this works. And when you think that this will never work, no one's gonna ever accept it. I'm red, red blood American. I'm just, let's do this. You know what's gonna happen? Your wife's gonna come home with that Louis Vuitton bag. She goes, I like this. This is pretty slick. Matter of fact, there's 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 no hacking. There's it's it's just amazing. And you're gonna be like, what the hell did we just wake up to? Well, guess what we just woke up to? 1984. And it actually started in 2019 when the interbank lending rate collapsed in September of that month. That's why we all got shut down. Guys, wake up to what's happening. Yeah, and sadly, I can see a bunch of people sharing on their social media, just use my new CBDC wallet to purchase this or that or the other. And they'll probably hire a bunch of influencers to pump it up as well. So yes, it'll be all over yeah. social media. You are seeing that. A lot. That's why I couldn't bring myself to this Robinhood crap and these certain stock platforms because 
think about it. I mean, influencers got paid literally tens of millions of dollars. I'm not even joking. There are influencers out there. They're so big. And they're like, look at my $20 million stock portfolio. 10 million of that was given to you by Robinhood. Like, why don't you just tell them the truth? And all you did was invest in a hot market and now it's for 20. Score. Well, guess what? You're about to lose it all. And the sad thing is, is you see Robinhood come out and go, hey, um, this stock's going up too high. You can't buy any. You could just sell. Like, <laughs> what? You want to talk about manipulation? We now have full exchange manipulation. And that is scary. That's why I'm very hesitant on what I share as far as affiliate links on my thing, because I'm li you're literally, some of these companies, you're signing a deal with the devil. And I refuse to do that. Um, let's end with this question. It's a big one. If you had to choose one commodity, and I want to remove precious metals from the equation because I know you're oh, hugely crap. bullish you on precious answer. metals, <laughs> and, and you would probably name that. So I want to know any commodity aside from the precious metals, what one commodity would you be most bullish on over the next decade and why? Okay, so you have to break it into two types of investing, physical and paper, right? It would be food. And the reason why is because we have so many, if, if Ukraine and Russia situation didn't wake you up to anything, the one thing it should have is the food supply. Now, it sounds funny because, you know, Ukraine was saying, hey, we can't get our wheat shipments out. And people, I would do stories about and they say, ah, who cares? You know, Ukraine only makes X amount of wheat. They're nowhere near this country or this country. I'm like, no, idiots. And I, I want to wake people up. So I, I got to call them a name to hopefully wake them up and they try and prove me wrong and then figure out, oh crap, he's not wrong. Because people need calories. And if they can't get it at their normal grocery store or their normal country they do business with, they're going to go get it somewhere else. What's that going to do? It's going to raise prices. So you have that green initiative right now. Over the next 10 years, they want you uh, using less fertilizer and they want you eating less meat because <laughs> it keeps your testosterone up uh, because of cow farts, right? But hey, no problem. We're going to you know spend money on all this green other crap and it's going to uh, you know be better. Well, no, it's not. It's bigger carbon footprint, blah, blah, blah. We already know that. But with food, people need food and we're dealing with a drought. I mean, we're literally watching those hunger stones come out in the Rhine River. It says, if you read this, weep. Now, here's the other thing. Here's the other side of this. It's not forever. Why? Last time those stones came out, we're in 2018 because we're in a drought cycle, our current drought cycle. But the time before that was 1616. Well, guess what happened after that? The stones went away. Everything else went uh, normal. And then for centuries, we had agricultural production. We are right now in a multi-decade, in my opinion, drought. So we have very serious, and a war cycle, okay? So if China moves into Taiwan, all bets are off. More sanctioning happens, more uh, you know, strategy has to happen with how am I going to get my grain? How am I going to get my oil? Things like that. So I am literally looking at food. So then you have physical, you buy food because it's going to be worth something because it's going to go up in price. But then you invest in those stocks and those are going to go up in price as well. But again, got to be very careful when you're investing in those things. You could also lose a lot of money. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Ninja, for joining us again. Incredible interview, a ton of info here. Um, you have a great YouTube channel. I'm going to make sure to link to it below so everybody can check it out. You're on a mission to help people get prepared for the times that we face these days. So I do recommend to everybody watching right now, subscribe to his channel, keep up to date with his message because it's very important. And I uh, would love to have you on again in the future to continue the conversation. Absolutely. If you could deal with my crazy schedule, <laughs> that's all I say. <laughs> All right, brother, you have a great day and uh, thanks so much for coming on. Right on. See you, Jesse. Commodity Culture is a podcast that covers investing in commodities and natural resources. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe so you are always alerted of the latest episodes.